rejoice. The light has come. Lord, we thank you for your light. Come on, we rejoice today. Come on, give him all your praise. Let's rejoice in the King of Kings. Father, we thank you for your light. We thank you that we have the reason for joy in this season. Lord, you're the reason. You did, you made a way. Lord, it wasn't an easy way. You made a way to get to us, God. It was messy in that manger. You gave your life to us, God. Thank you that you decided to come and put something so holy in things that are so filthy. Thank you that you decided to hide holy things in unholy places. Thank you that you decided to put treasure in earthen vessels like us, God. We love you so much, Jesus. We give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. Come on, let's rejoice one more time as you grab your seat. Come on, good morning. Merry Christmas, Transformation Church. Look at somebody as you grab your seat and say, he is the reason. I was getting ready to come out today, and um, we're going to go back into worship at the end today and sing so several songs. And I don't know if you know, but our worship team wrote that last song there, Rejoice. And that was, a, that was an awesome song. Thank you guys for, for putting that together. And um, someone said to me, and, and I think it's uh, pertinent, that yesterday was the winter solstice. And so um, it was the shortest day of the year where we had the least amount of light of the entire year. And, and now the rest of the year, we have a little bit of extra light every day going forward. Come on, somebody. That's hope and light. And every single day, it's going to get a little bit more, more obvious the light of God in our life. I'm going to just share Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, a traditional really Christmas passage in Isaiah. Isaiah's prophesying the birth of, of the child Christ and uh, 900 years prior. And there's this um, amazing season for God's kids where they've been decimated by the Assyrians. And so there's no hope. There's, there's really no light. There's, there's not really anything to look forward to. And Isaiah somehow looks into the future and sees this light, this Christ child. And in and, 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 I don't know what just happened, but my, my uh, iPad just went out. Come on, we got light on the iPad now in Jesus' name. Um, and, and, he, and he sees just the, 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 the heart and, and, and the life of God in this dark time that is, is really going to come forward. And this is what he said. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I love it's unto us. Like, that's, that's, uh, you, there's no, that's all of us. That's you, that's me. Unto us is given. This son, this gift, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Who could use some peace that doesn't end? Come on, Jesus says that if he's the one that's governing our life, that there's no decrease to that peace. There's no decrease to that, that ruling of him in our life. That he's the one that the government sits on his shoulders. It says, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. A simple title for today is what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Christmas. Jesus, thank you for leaving heaven, for crossing the universe you made to come to us. You knew we would betray you. We would turn our backs on you. You knew you'd be crucified. You were born to die. You knew from eternity past that you came to give your life. Lord, thank you for deciding anyway to make that trek across the planet, across the universe, and to come to that manger. We thank you that you gave yourself. A son is given. A child is born. Thank you that you were all God and you were all human. We, we, just, we look to you today. We just celebrate you. We do. We rejoice in who you are and what you've done. Lord, you're the greatest gift we could ever receive. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. What you see is what you get. Anybody, uh, you're going to open up Christmas gifts. You're going to have your children around the, uh, the tree in a couple days. It's going to be an amazing celebration, and families are going to get together. And I don't know if, if, if you're like us. We used to shake the gifts as much as we could to figure out what was inside of it. Come on, whether it was a bag or a box, we're shaking that thing. We're listening, and, you know, and, and my kids did that. I did that. And, and I, I'm trying to start thinking about why we do that, you know, what, what we're trying to figure out what's in there, you know. And I think it's because are you, anybody have those parents? or family members that, that, that put a gift in, in a different box. So, so what's really, you know, you open it up and you get this Lego box. You, know, you can open it. You get real excited. You're like, man, this is amazing. Then you get into the box and it's not anything you wanted or what was on the box. You're like, man, why are there socks in this Lego box? I'm really mad at somebody right now. You know, you know why, why, is there, why is there a book in this box? You know, I did not want a book. I wanted Legos, you know, and then or or they put it in a really terrible box and then you open it up and it's something you really wanted. And it's like, man, this is awesome. And the excitement rises and it's not really what you thought with Jesus. Listen, there's no bait and switch Christmas. Come on, there's no, there's no, there's no bait. There's no, what you see with Jesus is what you get. Isaiah is saying, here's who he is. This is what you get. And a lot of us, when it comes to Jesus and Christmas and our heart and opening up to him, we're still shaking the box trying to figure out, really, is it really going to be as good as they say it is? And we've experienced bait and switch religion. Come to Jesus. He's wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the prince of peace. Oh, and fix your life. Come to Jesus and oh, and oh, and clean yourself up now. Do better. Come to Jesus, and oh, he's got the power you need, and oh, by the way, you need to quit acting like that. And so there's this bait-and-switch religion where we think that we, we aren't really sure if it's really God or if what we've got to do or if it's on God's shoulders. And re- the reality is a lot of you and, and, and me at times and us, we, we get scared to fully open up to the gift that's been given because we're not sure what it's really going to be. And I just want to look at... A couple of thoughts about really opening up to Jesus fully this season and not holding back. Luke 2, it says, here's a man that actually didn't open up. We don't talk about him a whole lot, but this is the Christmas story. You know, the innkeeper says in verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We don't talk about this guy much, but think about it. Here's the innkeeper, like, like no room for Jesus in the end. This guy, I think about it financially. He missed his biggest opportunity on the planet. I mean, think about it. He had the chance to have the son of God born in his Airbnb. Nick, come on, somebody. I mean, can you imagine? He could, you could have put Vegas, like the Vegas sign, Jesus born here. You know, the arrow going down. You know, book the 199 special. You get the hummus plate and Mediterranean wrap included. I mean, it would have been on from then on. <laughs> he missed the biggest blessing. Like he, he, missed, like he decided, like, I don't, I'm not going to open up. I mean, this was it, was, it was amazing. Here was the end. The end was meant for travelers. The end was meant for people, but there's no vacancy, no space for God, no availability. There was an end, but no availability. And the reality is our heart is this end. It has all these different rooms in it. And, and, and are we making those rooms available to God? Are we making them available to Jesus? And I think there's got to be room for God. And, and we in our culture have taken Jesus out of everything, everything. And, and here's the reality. We as Christians get mad at the government and we get mad at school systems, but we do it to each other. Come on, Kanye West. Come on, some of y'all. He just got saved. 
He just got, he's, he, he, he's, and all the Christian community is like, I don't know if it's Jesus. I'm not sure what his motives are. I'm not sure. I mean, the first time in history of the, of, of really the modern day culture that someone with that much influence and power has given their life to Christ and is, is writing an album called Jesus is King. And all the Christians are going, one, one of his motives. Well, I don't know. It says Jesus is King. I mean, let's, let's, let's don't just take it out on the, on the government system. I mean, we do it as, as, as Christian people, as church. I mean, someone gets, gets saved or comes to church. We're like, we're not really sure if that's really God. They're not really living perfect yet. We got bait and switch Christianity on people all the time. And can't we allow God room? Can't we allow God room in everything and for everyone? Can't we allow God room to work? If it's his timeline, it's his grace, it's his power, it's his purpose. And I think it's so important that we make room for Jesus. Here, here's several reasons we don't make room. I think there's all different rooms in our heart. And, and number one, I think we don't pay attention. I think a lot of times God's trying to get our attention and God's moving on the scene. There was an end, but, but God wasn't welcome. He didn't pay attention that that was actually God. This had been prophesied for 900 plus years and he wasn't paying attention when God showed up at his doorstep. How many times do problems and people and opportunities and delays and pains and hurts and different things show up in our life for God to teach us something and direct us and show us and give us and, and we aren't paying attention so often? Right now in this room, there's radio waves and, and TV waves running all across this room and we don't see them because we don't have the frequency or the tuner to tune into them. If we had a frequency and a tuner, we could actually tune into those things and begin to hear the songs and, and see, the, see the shows that were played if we actually had that frequency. I have an antenna at the house. We have Netflix and all that kind of stuff, Apple TV, but we use an antenna. It's, it, I get like 26 channels. Come on, somebody, any antenna people out there? You know my pain. Come on, you're watching a game. A little cloud comes over. All of a sudden, weak signal. You know, I'm like, ah, they're about to score a touchdown. You know, my wife hates it because I've got the little cord strapped around the table, up over the wall, and it's hanging over two pictures of hers, and the antenna's right there in that one spot that we can get reception. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if anybody stands in front of it, I somehow the, the, the water in their body shuts it down and, 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 and there's, no, there's no reception on the game or the show. I'm like, what's happening? I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm tweaking the antenna. I'm adjusting it. You know what I mean? My wife's like, why do you have that thing hanging off the wall? I'm like, quiet, babe. It's fine. $69. We have 25 channels. One price, you know. I, I, I just think, you know, when, when, when that signal goes out on me, what do I do? It gets my attention. The first thing I do is I start jumping up and adjusting the antenna and trying to figure out how to, where to put it and how to fix it. And I'm moving my dogs and getting people out of the way so I can watch. What about when the signal with God goes out? Like what about when, you're, when, when certain things in your life, when the healing goes out, or your relationships go out, or, or, or the anger button goes out? You know what I'm saying? What happens? Do we, do we get our attention? Does God actually get our attention? We begin to try to adjust some things in our life. I think it's important he's trying to get my attention and your attention. And so often we just push him off and push him off. Your heart was meant to house God. And until you understand that, 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 that the fullness of your heart is meant for the fullness of God, life won't make sense. Nothing will make sense. I mean, you can do the grind. You can go through the motions. You can do what you do. But until you understand and allow God to fill your heart, life really doesn't come together. Man, he wants to get our attention. Number two, I think that a lot of us think we don't need to make room. I don't need to. Like in this seat, like I, my life's pretty good. Like I don't need, or really, you know, I don't really need him. I don't really need to make any more room for him. I, life is good. Well, life is good, but it could be better. Come on, have you ever discovered something better for something good? Like, come on, you know, I mean, 
you know, Texas Roadhouse is good, but Ruth Chris, enough said. I mean, if I discover something better than, than, than what was good, I want the better. Like, don't, wouldn't you want the better if God has something better for you? Think about the innkeeper. He's like, we're good. I've made enough money for the day. I've, I've booked enough rooms. I've got enough. It's, I'm good. I've got enough cash for the day. We can lock the front door and say no more room. I, I, don't, I don't need anybody else in the end. I don't need to make any more room. My life is already full. And I think sometimes we just decide like, you know what? No, I, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay for the Christmas room. I'm good for the Christmas room with Jesus. I'm good to let him into the Sunday room. I'm good to let him into the, 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 the Easter room. But I don't want him in my bedroom. I don't want him in my finance room. I don't want him in my emotional room. I don't want him in my relational room. I don't want him in, you know, a lot of times we decide, like, I'm not going to let you into this certain room. But you and I were not meant to live any, any bit of our heart disconnected from God. There's no room in your heart. There's no room in your life that's supposed to be disconnected from God. I mean, think about it. How many appliances make your life very convenient at the workplace or home? What happens when the power goes out? How much of a pain is that? Come on, I was, it was getting a little bit cold. I was praying to God my, 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 my heater would not go out. I'm like, please, God. It's getting, a little, it's getting a little dated. I'm like, please, give me another year. You know, I mean, how miserable is life sometimes when the power goes out? How miserable is it when we're not connected to the power of God in our life? And a lot of times, every appliance in my house, no matter how good they are, they're worthless without power. I mean, everything in my life with God, when it comes to you and I and God, if we're not plugged into the power of God, it's the, the purpose of our life is pointless. Like you cannot fulfill the purpose of your life and the purpose of your calling unless you're plugged into God in certain ways in every area. And the reality is Isaiah 53 says it. We all, we all have a tendency to unplug. We all have a tendency to go our own way. We all have a tendency to stray. But God says, listen, the good news is if you'll just open up to Jesus, really, really say, God, I need you to fill some areas that he'll fill those spaces. God's a space filler. And the third thing, here's the third reason I think that we, we don't open up. We crowd our lives with other stuff. I just, I just think that stuff accumulates. Anybody? I mean, if you have an addict, stuff accumulates. You've got a garage. Come on, anybody. If you have a garage stuff, my wife, she gets scared. I go into the attic. She doesn't, I'm, I'm kind of, you've got to get aggressive with cleaning out space, right? And so I get kind of passive aggressive with it. When my wife leaves, I just start taking stuff to Goodwill. She doesn't let me, she doesn't let me work in the garage by myself. She gets scared. She's like, what are you, what are you hiding in your car? I'm like, uh, just, uh, going to just, uh, you know, I, I can't, but I'm getting aggressive trying to clear out space because you have to get aggressive with stuff that accumulates. Let's do a little Christmas confessional right now. Raise your hands. If right now you cannot park in your garage, come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. Look all around the room. <laughs> just honest. Like some of y'all are lying because you don't want to tell the truth. Your garage was not meant for a bunch of junk to cram it. Your garage was meant for cars. Yeah. I mean, your, your, heart was, your heart was not meant for a bunch of stuff crammed into it. Your heart was meant for God. And I think that sometimes we got to say, okay, I got to make some room. I, I, a lot of things in our life can be good and not God. And if Satan can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. He doesn't have to make you bad. He just has to make you busy. And we have no margin and life has been rented out in every area and we're just rented out and rented out and space is rented out and there's no more room in the end and we can't let God into certain areas of our life because there's just, it's just full. And there's good things in your life and they're from God, but they're not God. 
And, and if we put them at the center, if it's family or money or our bank account or our finance or our job, and we begin to put those at the center, when those things walk out of our life or, or pass away out of our life, then all of a sudden we're shook. But if you put God at the center and say, okay, wait a minute, Jesus is really the reality of everything, then you're not shaken. You're not shook when those things walk out of your life. Here's a couple of thoughts. Come on, what you see is what you get. Isaiah says it. I'm going to give you a couple of gifts that God's given and who he is. He gave us his name. There's five names for Jesus in this, in this passage. And really, this is what we get when we, when we get Jesus. You get this. It says, he is wonderful. The first thing he's called is wonderful. A lot of people combine it. They say wonderful counselor, but it's not wonderful counselor. They're different names. He is wonderful. You get wonderful. I wrote this down. Passion in every place. The word wonderful actually means extraordinary, admirable, marvelous, miraculous of God. The, you get, you, when you get Jesus, you get the extraordinary. And, and the reality is we need passion in every place of life. If you don't have the wonderful Jesus, you don't have passion in many places in life. Because life is not easy. And we all have a deep-seated desire to have some things that are admirable and wonderful and marvelous in our life. Come on, anybody, you know you have deeply in you. That's why social media is so powerful. Because everybody wants to put the things online to show and prove to everyone in the world that there's meaning and there's things marvelous and there's things admirable in our lives. We get it. We know that your children won the costume contest. You won the City of Lights contest. You can sing Christmas carols in matching pajamas and you won all of the cookie bake-offs. We get it and we hate you for it. (laughs) <laughs> you're all in tune as a family singing in but the, really the reality of what you're posting what you're showing is man there's some things that are admirable in my life there's some things that are marvelous in my life there's things that are wonderful in my life and the scary thing is if we don't get the wonderful Jesus if we don't get that gift then when we look at each other we'll begin to have envy and pain and hurt when we see you're wonderful and we don't think that we have our wonderful we'll begin to compare and we'll have we won't have passion we'll have comparison. And so I think it's important that you and I both decide that, hey, I need, I need Jesus. I'm not going to be discouraged when I see someone else is wonderful because I've been given the gift of wonderful in God. Yes. I've been given the gift. I can have passion in every season, no matter how bad it looks. I can have passion because I've been given wonderful. It's God. Yeah. You ever thought that something would be wonderful when and when when came, it wasn't wonderful? It happened to me one time when I talked my daughter out of a bunny for a cat thought this will be wonderful that cat was so demon possessed that they would sit on your lap and then and then it was nice for a moment and then you'd just shift your body weight and it would just dig into you <laughs> it wasn't wonderful like we, we need and i need and you need the, the the reality that that you can have passion in every place of life because you've been given the gift of wonderful the scripture says, and he will be called counselor. This is direction in every decision. I think we need direction. In every, you need direction. I, I get in my head all the time trying to figure out decisions and which way to turn and how to go and what path ends up where. And It's so hard with all the different directions of life. We need someone that's going to be a great counselor that can tell us things and say, this is the way to go and give me insight and wisdom. I need a counselor. Come on. It's okay to have a counselor, right? I think Christians have got, got worried about the word counseling. I think it's important that we have a counselor, and the ultimate counselor is Jesus. A great counselor is someone that not only tells you why you do what you do or what you do, they tell you why you do what you do. Come on. They tell you why you do what you do, and then they tell you how to fix it. A bad counselor is one that just tells everybody the same thing. 
Can you imagine all the different problems that we all have and you go into that counselor and they just had one size fits all. This is what you need to do. I don't know if you've seen the Bob Newhart counseling video. He just says, stop it. It's like he's telling him her deepest, you know, pains and hurt. He just says, stop it. That's all he says. Like, that's a terrible counselor, right? Like, I get that. Like, tell me why I'm doing this. Jesus says, I'm going to tell you why you're doing it. And I'm actually going to tailor it to you and give you counsel that's fit for your life, for your situation, for your scenario, and exactly the path you need to take that fits where you're going, right? And the thing about trust and faith is trust in someone who can see where we're going when we can't. Because he's outside of time and knows the whole picture. I want to trust him. I'm encouraging you that you can trust his counsel. You can open up to his counsel. The third thing, it says he will be called mighty God. This is strength in every storm. I, I, just, I just think there's so many different storms in life. And he doesn't only want to guide us. He wants to give you power and me power to actually go through and navigate the storm. I've told y'all the story before. My brother grew up on sailboats, and he loves sailboats. I love power boats. Come on, I like, I like big engines and a lot of power. I think God's a lot like me in that way, or I'm a lot like God in that way. I love power. I mean, you think about it. If, you, if we as anybody like power, come on, powerful cars, powerful engines. I mean, I, just, I think we got that from God. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like sailboats. I mean, God made sailboats too, but he, and they rely on the wind. If there's no wind, there's no fun, you know? And so you're stuck. The, the most dangerous thing you, can, you can, ha can have happen to you in a boat is being stuck without power at sea. It, you're, you're at the whim of, of, of the circumstances. And, and, and God says to us that I give you power. I'm actually going to give you power so that you don't get stuck without, without being able to navigate the storms in life. I'm shopping for a car for my 16-year-old son right now. My wife's real nervous. We're working trying to find a car. And we found this little Volkswagen, and it's a, it's a TDI. It stands for Turbo Diesel Injection, TDI. And, uh, and I told my wife, we're telling, I said, it's a TDI. It stands for Turbo Diesel Injection. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No word turbo in any car for our 16-year-old. And both he and I are looking at each other. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't understand. He's like, no, you don't understand, Mom. It, turbo. And I'm like, no, babe, turbo means like... It powers the turbines and for fuel efficiency, you know, and she's like, I am not buying into one bit of stuff that you guys are telling me, you know, and I, try, I told her the other day, I said, really, the worst thing that can happen is trying to be in a car and trying to merge into traffic or get out onto the highway and not have enough power to catch up with traffic or not have enough power to get into the, in, into the place you need to get into. And, and that's the same thing with our life. A lot of times we're trying to get into something or merge into things in life and we don't have enough power. And you won't ever have enough on your own. God, it says that God is a mighty God, and he wants to give you and I the power we need to navigate the storms. And not only, not only the counsel to do it, but the power to do it, right? Look what the scripture says in Philippians 2.13. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire, listen to this, and the power to do what pleases him. Sometimes you're like, well, I don't have the power to do what he's telling me to do. You don't, you don't need to. He's given it to you. If you begin to get the desires from him and the powers from him to do what he's calling you to do, we've got a father that wants to give us power in the storm. I've got two more for you, two more thoughts, and we're going to worship Jesus. I just ask you to keep opening your heart up to some of these thoughts of who God is. What you see is what you get. There's, there's no bait and switch. You don't have to shake the box. It's Jesus. It's power. It's, it's direction. It's confidence. It says, and he shall be called everlasting father. Everlasting father. This is confidence in chaos. Come on, you and I need confidence in chaos. Do you know out of the, out of the, out of the last 4,000 years of history, there's only been 286 years with no war? 
Out of 4,000 years of recorded history so far, in the last 4,000 years, 286 with no war. I mean, our world is at chaos, right? Our world is, is not at peace. Our world has chaos all around. And you and I never know what direction the chaos is going to come from. But we can know the promise and the gift that we've been given in an everlasting father. A father, this speaks to his character and his nature. It's continuous. It's calm. It's patient. It's confident. We can have confidence because we've got this dad. Come on. Anybody had a dad that just brought you confidence? Come on, even though my dad wasn't perfect and all my pain and all my problems and all my hurts, I always knew I could call my dad and whatever power was in his capability, he would do anything I needed and come to whatever I needed. Even when I was living like hell, I was welcome in the home. Even when I was, uh, didn't have the right attitude or our relationship was strained or even distant, I always knew he loved me. I had this father and so there was this confidence in my life because I knew I could call on my dad. I know many of you might not have had that or had that example, that confidence instilled into you, but that's because, you know, you didn't have that earthly example. But come on, it says that you've got a heavenly father, an everlasting father that you can call on. Come on, here's the question of every kid. Do I have what it takes when my boys begin to try to fight me and push against me and like come after me? Like, can I take dad? Can I take dad yet? Or my daughter, she's trying to take me now too. Look how hard I can hit, Daddy. Look how hard I can hit. She hit me in the stomach. I'm like, man, that hurts. Quit. I can't hit her back like I do my boy, so it's not fair. So I'm just like a sitting duck. I'm like, ah, I want to slap her back, but I can't. You know what I'm saying? Is that okay to say? I mean, my gosh, my boys are smacking me. I can tackle them, take them down. If I do it to her, she's like, what are we doing? I'm like, you're hitting me. <laughs> she's all her feelings are hurt, you know? But every, every, all of those actions are saying, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? And when you've got an everlasting father, he's there to tell you no matter what chaos you're in, you have what it takes in Jesus, with Jesus and him by your side. You can have confidence in all the chaos. And the last one, and he will be called the Prince of Peace. I'm so thankful for this title. I think it's important with everything going on in the world, you and I need peace. I, I, I need peace. I think that the, the, the worries and the, and the stresses of life, come on, everything. I went to the mall yesterday. Come on, somebody. I need peace. I, I, have you ever been flicked off by a grandma? <laughs> Didn't feel, feel defiled by that. <laughs> Doesn't feel right. Uh, everybody, they, there's some grandmas that need peace out there right now, you know? We're, we're, we're in this, we're, I'm going in the, in the merge lane, West, uh, uh, I think the, the, I don't know, Westland, what, whatever the drive is to get off to the mall there, Westtown Mall exit right there, and we're going, I'm going to that exit, and there's somebody in the right lane, and there's a truck there, and I'm in the left lane, and they both turn right, and, uh, and this lady, and I, you know what was so embarrassing? Like, I, I could see myself doing it, not flicking off anybody. Uh, the, she, she was doing, this is a different person. She was behind a truck, and the truck wasn't going right. It, it wasn't turning right, and he could have, and she's just, I don't know, she's just behind him going. <laughs> I mean, she's by herself. She's by herself in her car. Just, I'm like, what are you doing? But, I'm not, but then I hear the little Holy Spirit going, you do that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, never again will I do it. I mean, we just, we need peace, guys. He's the Prince of Peace. Like, 
I, my, my, my sister-in-law tells me a story a lot of times. They would drive to Florida, 11-hour drive in a minivan with two children. Come on, anybody? You need peace after that, right? 11 hours to Florida in a minivan. The kids screaming, fighting, yelling. They stop to get food, right? They, they get out of the car. Pieces of clothing are missing. Kids are yelling. They've got to go to the bathroom. Kids are young. They're getting into, the, into their little restaurant to get a hamburger. My sister-in-law told me this story. She said, they sit down. She's helping all the kids get her stuff, finding clothes, putting them on. And then she looks over, and they've ordered it. And my brother's sitting there eating his burger, just zoned out. Just. And, and, and he's like, this is so good. And she's like, I wouldn't know. I haven't tasted mine yet, you know. And now they have this thing. They, she says, he's in burger world. So now, whatever's going on in life, if he zones out, it's burger world. I, I just think sometimes in all of the, the craziness of life, we can zone out. God's got a burger world for you. Jesus has a burger world for your life. Somewhere you can zone into peace. You can say, you know, with all the yelling, maybe clothes are missing. Maybe there's chaos. Maybe, you know, stuff's gone down in your life. You can actually zone into peace. It says he's the prince of peace. It means the czar of peace, the commander of peace. He says it in John like this. John 14, he goes, behold, I give you peace. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Come on. Peace is not a place. Peace is not an absence of conflict. Peace is, is the presence of a person named Jesus. I know many of you know this, but. I'm just asking today as we continue in this service, just for a moment, just as you open your heart up, the, the, there's no bait and switch. I don't know what you've experienced with God. I don't know where you are, but there's areas of your heart. I know I need to open up to him. There's areas of your heart. I know you need to open up to him. Maybe there's been no room in those areas. And we're going to go back into a song. We're going to go back into Oh Holy Night right now. And just as we go into that song, I just want you to begin to think like, God, I want to open up to you. I'm going to open this area up of my life again. I'm going to open this spot in my heart up. I'm going to open. I, don't, I, I can trust you. I know you're not putting it in one box and giving me a different gift. You are wonderful. You are counselor. You are mighty God. You are everlasting father. You are prince of peace. Thank you that those are gifts that I get when I get you. The, the scary part of resisting opening up to God is if you don't have room for him, you don't get all that comes with him. We're going to open up to Jesus right now. Would you stand to your feet with me? and Let's just go into Oh Holy Night and just open up to him right now. You don't have to clean your life up. You don't have to fix yourself. Just let God in right now in a new way.